Hello and welcome back to the NUFC Opinion Blog for the first edition of a brand new podcast, a weekly podcast that we're starting called Thursday Team Talk. I'm joined by my now regular guest, Ben Arkless, for this. Ben, how are you? Very good, thanks, Daniel. Good to be back. And yourself? I absolutely fine. So in this new podcast, Thursday Team Talk, we'll be previewing the, the upcoming fixtures for an upcoming match week fixture this weekend, etc., Especially with with emphasis, of course, on Newcastle's fixture, but then, of course, looking to the other fixtures on the Premier League weekend and seeing what impact they might have on Newcastle. So this time we're going to be looking at those fixtures of team involving teams that are around Newcastle, including the likes of Fulham, Brighton, Burnley, etc. We thought, of course, because this is this is NUFC opinion blog, we'd start with Newcastle's game against West Bromwich Albion on Sunday midday. Ben has kindly provided a stat pack for this game and each of the games that we will feature in today's podcast, which will now appear on screen. And with that, we will start discussing the game. It's a very important game, of course. Ben, West Brom in the relegation zone at the moment. Newcastle just above it. West Brom, of course, beating Brighton last weekend, who, of course, are also in amongst this relegation fight. How do you see it going, firstly? Well, as, as you say, it's quite a big game. And obviously, the, the dinner was, I think the dinner was a favour last week by beating Brighton in a sense, you know, it keeps Brighton just above us. So, you know, they're not, not too far away now. But, of course, the, in the next run of fixtures, this is the main one you want to see was win. I think this one is arguably the most, most important game. The one that we look to get three points from, as I say, of course, having notable absences such as Wilson, St. Maximin and Almiron isn't the best. No, no. And especially with Wilson, I noticed the stat today. Um, in the 54 games that Carroll, Gale and Joe Linton have played this season, they've only scored five between them in all competition. Not brilliant at all. It's not, no, it's not brilliant at all, is it? So that's something we definitely have to look to rectify. Mm-hmm. Where the goals are going to come from, that's my main worry this weekend, I think. Yeah, certainly the, the contribution of Callum Wilson and Miguel Amaron and Alan St. Maximan has been invaluable this season, especially Wilson with the goals he scored. You really do feel that without him, we'd be absolutely nowhere. But of course, we've had a few matches without him already, but lately, Miguel Amaron has been crucial to Newcastle. His running with the ball from midfield to the final third has been fantastic. So it, they're going to be a big miss. Of course, when we look back to a year ago, pretty much to the day, when we played West Brom away in the FA Cup, beating 3-2, of course, we went 3-0 up. Almiron and St. Maximan were key in that game as well and pretty much 10 West Brom apart, especially in that first half, Almiron scoring two goals and St. Maximan hitting the post from a long-range effort. So, yeah, them being missing is not going to help us whatsoever. If we look towards West Brom for a little bit, of course, they've not had the best of seasons. Of course, Sam Allardyce has now come in. He's got a couple of results here and there, but would you say they're doomed? I think I think so. I think the quality in the side isn't quite there. You look at the goal scorers in the side, and a lot of them have come from defence, a bit like us uh, last season. Um, and it, it does show that they don't really have that attacking threat. Have brought in Diania, uh, the new signing up front, who has scored uh, since he's come in, but it's not enough. And they're overly reliant on defender scoring, and that's never a good combination. I think you can see the way Big Sam wants to play. It wants to be hard to break down, but the quality in the side just isn't there for a Premier League side. So I think we can safely say 
that they're not not really going to be a threat to us or anybody else from the from the relegation basis for that matter. Which makes it imperative that we pick up the three points and exactly yeah. in the situation. Of course, we've mentioned the injuries that we have to to our three key players. With that being said, who starts in this game? Do you think? For me, I think as I, as I've mentioned, as Big Tom likes to sit back, I feel Andy Carroll might be a good person to play with. Of course. It gives us a bit of an outlet if they're just sat in and gets us up the pitch. But at the same time, if you play Andy Carroll, you've got to have those wide men like Fraser and Murphy in the side to get the balls in the box. But I don't think, to be honest, I, w- I would quite like to see two strikers on the pitch with Almiron being in bed, maybe Gale alongside to give us a little bit of pace and behind. Because I feel West Brom will see it as a game they want to win as well. So they might come out a little bit more than they have done in recent weeks. But that's still, it's still a game we should be winning and still a game I think we've got to go for. So I would quite like to see a few more attackers on the pitch if if we if I could get them out. Yeah, I think it was always my, I sort of always thought put Carroll in because of course he's, he, he, you know, yes, he's past his best and yes, he's a little bit older these days, but he will always rough up defenders in the box and he will always challenge for those headers. And especially if you've got the likes of Murphy, and Fraser on the pitch who've been whipping a ball. Andy Carroll will get his head on something if you put exactly. the balls in for him. Exactly. And I think certainly when we just need to throw things at it to get the goals and to get three points, as much as Dwight Gale is a poacher, I'd say Carroll is probably more suited to a game like West Brom where, you know, they're looking for the win. They might, but at the same time, you say that Sam Aldice likes to sit back a little bit and play sort of a bit more defensive, a bit like we do at times, but we have improved of late. But if he is going to sit back and let us attack, I think Carroll goes in there and he just gets in amongst it and gets his head on the ball. Dwight Gale could come on, of course. You could even play both of them, as you see. You could even just go with a, a simple 4-4-2. There's been mention of Matt Ritchie because he can put a ball in as well. I don't know if you'd put him in. I think I do quite like Matt Ritchie. I still think he gives a bit of passion. Um, as I'm sure I've seen on plenty of occasions yeah. over the years. Corner flags um, have suffered because of him. Of course. Um, but I think regardless, we've got to load the box. I think put them under pressure. And I know we're missing with sort of three key runners up front. But anyway, especially Almron, he's uh, he's probably one of our best runners, I think, pressing, pressing the ball. Mm. But I think we've got to press them high because, as I say, the quality in the side isn't really there. So mm. I think they'll, they will start to flap a little bit if we press them high. Mm. And I think that's something we've got to look to exploit for the mental mistakes and see where we can take it from there. I, th- I think it showed because, let's be honest, Brighton were the better side in the game, even though they lost on, at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they didn't win is because of this two missed penalties and a poor mm-hmm. decision. But regardless of that, they should have had chances that could have put the game to bed anyway. And if we can take one or two of those, I think we should win because, let's be honest, West Brom are not a good side at the moment. But then again, you think back to Sheffield United back in December. You think that they're not a good side either. And look how we went about that game when we had Callum Wilson and we had Nigel Amaron fit. So there is still that worry that we're not going to actually get the three points that we need, which put even more pressure on us. But of course, as much as it's in our hands as well, Fulham are right behind us on our tails. They've got, um, they have two games to play by the time, well, they play one today, Thursday, 
and they're against Tottenham at home. And then on Sunday, immediately after we play West Brom, they play Liverpool away. So they've got a tricky run of fixtures coming up Fulham. We'll start with their home match against Tottenham. Surely that's a loss. Yeah, well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? It would do us a favour. Um, obviously, Tottenham are coming off the back of a good win. 4-0 against Burnley. Yeah. Um, now with Harry Kane being fit again, um, that's a real bonus for the side. I think it's uh, 25 goals and assists this season for Harry Kane. Yeah. So he's a big part of the side, as is uh, Son, as you all know. Um, and I think them them two players, they, they do, out of all the Tottenham side, they are the best players and they do possess okay. enough quality to get past a team, past a team like Fulham. Um, of course, Fulham aren't in too bad form themselves. I think it's uh, one loss in the past eight, if I'm not mistaken. Which is a lot so, better than current form at the moment. Yeah, of course, they're, they're doing all right. Um, but again, I think Tottenham will be in high spirits after the Burnley win. And I think they've just got too much quality to, yeah, no, to uh, for a Fulham a challenge. I mean, for, to be fair to Fulham, I watched them against Crystal Palace at the weekend on, on BBC. And they were the better team for the majority of that game. Obviously, Palace, you'd think, would be safe. So probably not playing for much. But regardless, Fulham had the better chances of that game and they, they had more of the ball and they just they just looked so composed and comfortable on the ball which is something that I find is a bit of a rarity at Newcastle I mean certainly since Graham Jones has come in I, I have to say things have improved performance wise but even then Fulham just looked really comfortable it showed when they came to St James's Park back in 2020 um, in the first half of the season they were the better side like, we, were, we were lucky to get anything out of that game because it was just a penalty and even though they were down to 10 men, we still didn't really put them under too much pressure. So Fulham are a decent side, but at the same time, they haven't picked up the results this season. That's why they are where they are. And despite playing well, let's hope that that continues for them because playing well is one thing, but result is another thing, which is something that we could apply to Newcastle at the moment because we are playing better, but we still don't seem to be getting all the results we need. I think that's the thing, especially down below down below us and in and around us, it's having a good right striker. Yeah, they play well, but don't get the results. Exactly. It's having a good striker who you can rely on to score your goals. And I think we've obviously had that with Wilson. Uh, you look at Fulham and I think the top scorers, Reed with five this season. So They've brought in the ex-Macintosh Madger, though, which could be interesting. The Harvey looks a good player, Madger, in fairness, but maybe it's you don't know if it's too late for him to sort of uh, get his way into the squad and settle in the squad. You don't know, but Anyways, it's they, they don't really have that one key attacker that you you know Mitrovic. Obviously, he's uh, you know he was good in the championship, but yeah, I think he's maybe lacking in terms of Premier League quality, which is what you need if he's down the bottom of Premier League quality yeah. like that to to bargain them goals to stay up. Yeah, I, honestly, that's the thing. I think <laughs> if Wilson was fit at this current point, I think we'd be in a bit of a better situation because. I think one of the ch- at least one of the chances that we missed against Wolves would have gone in. Mm. Maybe on the end of it, you think of other games that, you know, Chelsea, Man United, that games that we've we've lost recently, especially Man United when we played quite well, but didn't get the win. Unfortunately, Chelsea we we played poorly, but that 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 sort of was written off as soon as Chelsea scored. At first, you could tell where the game was going, but Man United, you thought you could actually get something from that game, but yeah, Callum Wilson's been a big miss. But if he's back soon enough. Someone like him could prove the difference between us staying up and going down because of all the teams around us, we by, have by far and away the best striker in Callum Wilson. 
You know, Fulham really haven't got someone like that. Brighton have got Neil Morpé, Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck was probably past his best. Missed the penalty against West Brom. Neil Morpé doesn't score enough. I know my friend Charlie will probably agree with me on that one. And yeah, Burnley as well. They have who's it? Chris Wood. Uh, Chris Wood, I think he's only got four this season and he's Burnley's top scorer as well. Yeah, so Exactly, it shows that kind of if Callum comes back and hit that running once again, we might just get, he might just provide the goals to, to keep us up. Speaking of Burnley, on Saturday at half past 12, they take on Arsenal at Turf Moor. Burnley are not playing well at the moment, so surely that's an Arsenal win as well and keeps the pressure on them. You'd like to think so? Again, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But... The, the the thing I find with Burnley is that sometimes they just they just get a result out of nowhere mm, like the football no, they play they sit back a lot and it's kind of just one chance that they that they might get which they want to put away and and incidentally I think the last out of all the games Burnley have played against Arsenal and the Prem they've only won one which was the last last time out this season just in December of uh, of 2020 so it's one of them things where if Burnley are going to win, it's going to be a 1-0. But, of course, you would fancy Arsenal to put the chances away if they get them. But, as I say with Burnley, they just seem to spring results out of nowhere sometimes. The odd little 1-0. Mm-hmm. So, you can yeah. never be too sure. And Arsenal aren't on the best of form. You know, they've been a bit hitty-missy this season. Yes, I think have. not put a, a solid run together. So, mm-hmm. it's a one if, if they are off the back of, of course, a, a good way to way to Leicester, who have been doing fantastically well this season. So surely that gives them gives them confidence to go on and beat a Burnley side. Yeah, that's very far true. to Leicester in terms of quality. So you'd think Arsenal would have enough to to beat Burnley, but of course it's, it's a crazy, crazy season. No one really knows how anything's going to go, but we can hope because of course if Arsenal get the win, it keeps Burnley in the mix as well. Realistically, if 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 a team are in this in this relegation fight can string two wins together they pretty much alleviate themselves from the pack which is it's just who gets those wins and when do they come as well that's as it said, that's it I think, um, I think sorry sorry to just jump in there but nice. I think we've seen this season how things can change so quickly especially with Fulham catching us up and you mm. think for us if, if Fulham don't don't beat Tottenham tonight and obviously Liverpool as we'll come to if we can get a result then it's seven points we're ahead of them now so yeah. It's it's something that's very, you know, is it's all to play for, but it can just be one result that that takes you away. Yeah. It just gives you that bit of breathing space and takes the pressure off. And I think because it's so pressurized at the bottom of the table, that's part of the problem. It's you know teams don't want to come out in the fear of getting beat. So I think if you I put yourself a few that. points ahead of the relegation zone, you know you you can sort of relax a little bit and play your football. I agree with that. Yeah, I think honestly, teams at the bottom up. Coming out of get coming into games, more concerned about not losing than actually exactly, winning, just exactly. picking up points here and where they can. And to be honest, I think the only way anyone's going to get out of it if someone's just a little bit brave. Exactly. Although, in in fairness to us and our position, I think although we haven't got the results the past few weeks, some of the performances have been quite yeah. good, and I think we have tried. So I think if you if you go out there look for the result, you'll pick. You'd one like to think eventually a win will come. Exactly. I mean, we beat Southampton, obviously in spectacular fashion, a couple of weeks ago. So you'd like to think, obviously, no one would want the sort of circumstances that we we achieved that win in again. But you'd like to think that we could get get a win from there 
on the same day as Burnley Arsenal, Brighton take on Leicester at the Amex. Of course, our, our good friend Charlie will be willing Brighton on. He'll be on the be on the channel to preview when Newcastle play Brighton at the Amex uh, rather soon. But of course, Leicester, as we just mentioned, did lose at home to Arsenal this weekend, but you'd think they'd have too much of Brighton, especially with Brighton not being able to score. Well, I, I think so. I think if anything, that was a bit of a, a surprise result for me. Arsenal beating Leicester. Likewise. I fancied Leicester in that game. Um, of course, as we've, as we've discussed, Brighton have had plenty of chances the past few weeks, but they haven't put them away. No. And I think against a, a good team like Leicester, you know, maybe maybe they'll just prove too much. I think. Um, obviously, Harvey Barnes getting injured last last That's time out. A lot of injuries. Like that. That's the only concern that I do have. With exactly. I think especially with Barnes, he's been such an influential player the past few weeks that. You know, it might give Brighton a little bit of respite, but at the same time, I still think Leicester do have plenty of quality in the side, and they've got they've got strength and depth. I would say that they, they seem to have a few good options right across the pitch, and I think in the end, it's just going to prove a bit too much for Brighton. I, I think. Sorry, Charlie, if you're listening, which I hope you are. <laughs> no, sorry, Charlie. Um, yeah, Brighton, as as we say, they play some great football. Graham Potter's got them playing some fantastic football, but. As we've mentioned, they don't score, and that's why they are where they are. As we mentioned as well, performances don't pick up points, goals do. Good performances do it when you games, and I think, um, you know, especially in the position we're all in at the moment, us, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, as we've all mentioned, uh, you just need to put the ball yeah. on the back of the net. So that's it's spot on. That's a priority, isn't it? It is. Of course, we've mentioned our game against West Brom on Sunday. On the same day, Liverpool take on Fulham at Anfield. Liverpool, admittedly, haven't won a game at home for quite a while now, which seems strange considering they are the champions, but especially considering Fulham are playing okay, but something tells me this is the game Liverpool will write that wrong and get back to winning ways at Anfield. Well, uh, Liverpool have been on a horrendous run, haven't they? Um, as we've all seen in the past few weeks. Of course, they beat Sheffield 2-0 uh, the other night, but they've, they've had a few good performances in that game. I watched the game, and, and Curtis Jones seems quite seems to be maturing quite nicely. He seems to be becoming a good player, so I think he'll be quite a threat once again. Um, of course, they've got the front three um, all back together again, Mane, Salah, and Firmino, and... Diogo Jota should be coming back into the lineup very soon. Very soon, I think he might be back for Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. I think he missed the weekend's match with illness, but of course, having those options going forward for Liverpool, they've got such a threatening front three, front three, and of course, the backup options are quite good as well. So, once again, you'd like to think they'll do the job, but with Liverpool this season, you can never be too sure. They've, they've never sort of strung a good result run of results together the past few months, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Unlike their title challengers, Man City, who, let's be honest, are running away with it now. Exactly, 20, they are. 21 wins in the bounce, it's phenomenal. that It's, it's unprecedented. But just, just as a brief mention, though we haven't got a stat pack for this game, Man City do take on Manchester United on Sunday. Both teams have had decent seasons, to be fair. Of course, Man City, at the minute, as we say, are on a ridiculous run. But Man United have had a, a decent season by their recent standards. So could be an interesting game, but you'd fancy Man City to win that. But I mean, 
of, of course it doesn't really affect us does it but uh it's still a, i think probably the, the game of the weekend you, you would say wouldn't you yeah. i mean yeah uh, i think man united against the big six i think they've only got five points this season mm-hmm. um so it's not really been the been the way the way forward for them of course fernandez against the top six as well has been a uh, very poor yeah. the lower sides so it could i think it's got mindset you wouldn't i think all over fernandez it. is a good player but comparisons between him and de bruyne as far as I'm concerned, exactly. Brian is in a different league to Fernandez. Although, although I think I would argue this season Fernandez has had more standout performances than De Bruyne. Of course, De Bruyne has been out with injury uh, for yeah period this season, but I think De Bruyne has been more consistent when he's been in the side, and yeah. you know he can perform against the big sides because he has done in the past, and I'm sure he will continue to. Yeah. No, I you know not not doubting Fernandez's ability, but of course he's. Just not produced when it's mattered, and no, that's, that's what you ask for in a big money signing. That's very true. Of course, as we mentioned, West Brom do take on Newcastle at the Hawthorns on Sunday. As we've mentioned, again, we should be looked to winning, and hopefully, if results go our way, of course, the rest of the teams around us have all got a tricky lot of fixtures at the moment. We, despite the injuries, have not so bad fixtures to play, which which is good. And hopefully we can get the points. I think of the next three, we need to be looking to get about six points. Agreed. I think we've got we've got a good run of fixtures which we can exploit. Uh, of course, as I've said many times this episode and in the past, we need to put the ball on the back of the net. Uh, but, but we really need to make the most of this run of fixtures. Of course, Fulham, they've got a few tricky fixtures coming up, not just this week, but in the coming weeks as well. So yeah. I think... All in all, we've got to take advantage of our, you know, better run of fixtures while we can, so it doesn't stretch on for too long. This, uh, yeah, this this worry of relegation. Yeah. Let's just hope that we're not talking on another Thursday team talk before the last game of the season at Craven Cottage. Need yeah. to win because that would be disastrous. I, I would hate to be in that position. I'd, I'd like to think, considering it is still in our hands as we speak here today, that we can get the points we need and be safe before it comes to that last day of the season. That wraps up this week's edition and first edition of the Thursday Team Talk podcast. Thank you all very much for watching and for listening. Ben, thank you for being here. We'll see you next week and we'll see you on other videos to come as well. Now a big part of the of the channel on the UFC Opinion blog and, and those who are listening as well. So thank you, Ben. No problem, Daniel. Happy to help as always. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So just leaves me to say that for those watching and for those listening, thank you all very much for watching and listening and how are the lads?